we, we've been kind of studying. I, I just can't get away from remembering them which have the rule over you. And uh, I was thinking, well, what does this have to do with Christmas? You know, the, the, this time of year and that, uh, I, I think the last couple of years, I kind of tailored my little Sunday school lesson more toward the, this, the season and whatnot. But um, uh, I, I didn't really feel led to do that today. But um, it still does have something to do with the holiday season because you read over in the, uh, Luke chapter 2 and, and the first people that heard about the birth of Jesus were shepherds. And um, if you go read that story, the, they, they heard a heavenly message that was uh, announcing th that the word is here. And the shepherds went and found out that the word was there. And they went into the city to proclaim it. And everybody that heard their message was astonished and amazed. And isn't it funny how, or interesting how that God sets up that pattern sometimes that you can read in the Bible. The first, that's what Brother Bram said. Why did they have to be shepherds? Why did they have to be shepherds? Shepherds, shepherds know where you can find the word. And so I've got just kind of a little picture that, uh, of this, the fivefold ministries, five, five people in this picture, but it's really not just five people. It's five different kinds of people that God will use their, um, their, their attributes and things that they're born with to present the word, to be able to use them in, in different ways. So uh, let's, before we read this again, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we're so thankful to be able to gather around your word once more, Lord, and so thankful, Lord, to be gathered together with, with like, other believers of this like precious faith, Lord. And we're so grateful for all the blessings that you've given to us in this last year. We pray, Lord, that you'll just bless us today, Lord, and bless Brother Wade as he's prepared and studying, Lord. Open up our hearts to receive what you have for us, we ask in your name. <clears throat> so Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. And we've kind of been studying that, that this doesn't mean, you know, necessarily that, you're, that, that these men are like ruling over you like with a rod of iron or something like that. But it's actually the word that they're preaching that actually... Um, uh, uh, takes takes control of your life, and just to just to background, just to just briefly in the Ephesian Church Age, Brother Adam said, "Now I want to say that I believe in leadership, but it's not the leadership of men. I believe in, I believe in the leadership of the Holy Ghost coming through the Word. I believe also that God has set men in the church, men who are gifted by the Spirit, and they will keep the church in order. I believe that. I believe also that the church is ruled over by men that God sends to take charge." But that rule is by the word, so that it is not men ruling, but the Spirit of God, for the word and spirit are one. Now, if you really think that about that, that's kind of, that's kind of difficult to articulate, isn't it? God sets a man, man over the church, but it's actually God doing it through the men. Right. But you look at the man, and you think, you maybe you, you think it's just a man up there, but yet God's using that man to speak words, to speak some encouragement, to help you through life. And Brother Bram said in Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he said, and God has said in the church, what? First apostles, then prophets, then teachers, then evangelists, then pastors. Is that right? For the perfecting of the church. God has did it. It's not the preacher that preaches. And I mean, if he's really getting himself out of the way. Now, isn't that, isn't that why before the service, a lot of times preachers will pray, Lord, help me to get out of the way. Because we want to get away from all of our conspiracy theories and our political ideas and all our little personal things, our vendettas or whatever we might hold against somebody else, lay that all the way to the side and just let God speak. It's the word all the way. The word is what's going to control. It's not the preacher that preaches. It's God preaching through him. It's not the prophet that sees the vision. It's God speaking through him. 
I do nothing except the Father shows me first what to do. That's the reason he had to go through Samaria. That's why all these other things taking place, follow life, his life, and see if that isn't right. And in blind Bartimaeus, he said, and God said in the church first, what? Missionaries or apostles? Apostles and missionaries, I told you, taught you is the same thing. One sent apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. God set in the church for the perfecting of the church. That's divine gifts that God foreordained and set into the church. See, those are for the perfecting of the church. Jesus speaks through his pastor, speaks through his teacher, speaks through his seer, his prophet, speaks through his missionary to the countries and so forth. That's his gifts that he's put in the church. Now, now this time of the year is when we're giving gifts and whatnot. Aren't you glad that God give, he, he sent nine spiritual gifts into the church? He sent five, five of these predestinated gifts into the church to speak a word of encouragement and help. And so that's what it says in Ephesians 4.11. He gave some. He gave these gifts to you and I. He gave some apostles and some prophets. Some, look at the, the way it's worded there, because at, at different times, at different seasons of your life, you might need a different gift more. When you're first becoming a Christian, it might benefit you more to hear from an evangelist. But then you start coming to a church and you need something grounded, somebody that can help you and counsel you, and that's where you need a pastor. And you might, need a, you might have some questions about the word, and that's when you need a teacher. So at different seasons of your life, you'll, need, you'll benefit from these different kind of gifts. And he gave some prophets and some event. Why, why would you need a prophet? Maybe over in Africa where everybody's, it's a little bit more a different situation or whatever. You need, God will put a prophet right there to be able to tell you, well, you're fixing to kill somebody. And this is what, this is what going to, and, and, and lay things out like that because God knows exactly what we have need of. And he'll give us that. There's some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So let's look at, as, as time's already flying, let's look at the apostle. The term apostle is derived from the Greek word apostolos, which means one who is sent away or messenger. And the term missionary is derived from the Latin word missionarius, meaning pertaining to sending or echoing the concept of being sent on a mission. Now, I got a picture here of, of Brother Paco, who we met down in Nicaragua, and, and he actually, I was watching one of the videos of Brother Aaron, and he was calling him out to preach. And down there, when we were down there, I got to uh, just kind of talking to some of the brothers, and they were kind of talking about how that there's different individuals that you can, if, if God just really, God will kind of move them into a place where they just are more, maybe more impactful than some of the others. And Brother Paco was one of these individuals. And he, he, uh, he, I've got a picture here. He, he will go into the, the jungle. He's constantly going into the jungle. Going, I, I've got him on. He's my Facebook friend. And you can see him constantly posting videos of going way into the jungle, going down a river deep, deep into the, uh, like this, where there's just mud. He's got to wear uh, boots to, to even walk and minister because there's so much mud. Another picture I was looking at, had his, his wife was with him, and she, she had fallen down and slipped in the mud, and you can see it. it's not a, a very nice situation. It's, it's rough. But God calls these people and to, to, be, to take the gospel to a, to a place where nobody's ever heard it before, maybe. Nobody's ever doesn't know anything about it. You got to break it down and make it simple, and then and then set things in order in a way where maybe you know maybe a pastor or a teacher might have never seen a situation like that before. Now there's an apostle. Let's see what Brother Branham said about an apostle. He said that an apostle is a missionary, both the same word, someone that's sent, 
Why you never desire to be called a missionary, I don't know. A missionary is an apostle. And how they were sent, all these God has put in the church, then how does he touch? Uh, this, I, I found this quote online that says, Never pity missionaries. Envy them. They are where the real action is, where life and death, sin and grace, heaven and hell converge. And there's a brother down in Nicaragua preaching as, as a, these, these little young believers are coming to the, to the altar for salvation. And you think about, they, they are where the, where the real action is. I was talking to a brother about what, a statement that Lonnie Jenkins made years ago that when, where you go into a place where the gospel's never been pre presented before, you always watch out for God to come on the scene and do something truly miraculous. But if the gospel ne has never come into an area before and it starts being preached, you watch and you see limbs being restored and eyes coming open and the service is just absolutely phenomenal. Because look, name. that's where the real action is. Where the gospel's being preached in a place that's never gone before. That's what a missionary is being is called to do. The, the door inside the door, Brother Adam said, now we have those things in the church. What are they for? Is the apostle, the apostle is the highest calling. A missionary is the highest calling. Prophet and so forth down. But they're not any different. They're all God's servants sit together to temper and bring the body of Christ together. And he said, I want to say that the greatest call there is in earth, to my opinion, is the mission field. Anyone who is a missionary is an apostle. For the word apostle means one cent. So they're both the same word or used the same. Why, why would that be the greatest call there is on earth? Because that's fulfilling the Great Commission to go into the, all the world and preach the gospel. To go there everywhere and preach it. And he said, now I believe a missionary is a guy that goes and comes. That's a missionary. Paul was a missionary. He didn't stay. Now, look, at, uh, let me back up for a second. I'm, I, I don't mean to skim over this too fast. He said, if you go over there to stay, they call that a missionary. But that's a homesteader. You just changed your residence. See, that's not a missionary. Paul was a missionary. He didn't stay. He just kept going and going and going a missionary. Not just change his residence. Just keep going. A missionary. Why? Because there's just something burning in you to take that gospel to somebody that hadn't heard it before. The apostle is a special man. He's a setter in order. He's a man that's sent from God to set the things in order. What's that mean? You come into a place where, where you got some kind of strange marriage and divorce situations you never heard of before, and he's just led of God to, to know how to position everything. Let's get this straightened out this way. And he's, he's, he's called of God to get, to get things right, it, it, to, to approach situations that maybe are some odd and maybe, maybe difficult. But God has called a man for that purpose. And he gave some apostles and some prophets. And Brother Brown was saying there's five ministerial offices. How many believes that? There's first apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. How can you say there's a pastor or evangelist without saying there's a prophet? Now, that's, that's just something maybe to keep your in, pocket, in your back pocket for that time when you need to pull it out. <laughs> How can you say that there's, a, there's all these other preachers and there's not a prophet? And I believe there's still prophets today. That's, that's one of those, the people that leave the message, they, throw, they pull that argument out and say, well, show me that there was ever New Testament prophets. There's plenty of Agabus and all the others, and there's still New Testament prophets today, even, even now. <laughs> and this is one of them. And I'm not promoting other ministers or whatever, but I think many of us have heard about Brother Abraham. But, uh, he, he's, uh, I, I was talking to Brother from, from Africa. I, I was talking to some other pastors 
that, uh, that we're talking about how that you there's so many when he comes over to the states that want to get want him to come to their church to discern things and to talk about things that are going on in people's lives that, you know, it's kind of hard to get to get uh, him to come around. But let's 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 read, let's read what Brother Brown said about uh, in questions and answers. He said, I don't claim to be his prophet. Many times I've said it when I think I when I didn't think I said it, catch myself on the tape. But I say that sometimes because if you want to give it in terms, a prophet is in the English term is merely a preacher. Anybody knows that, get the dictionary. See, a prophet is a preacher under the English dictionary. But under the Hebrew or the Greek, a prophet is a seer, one who foresees things and foretells things. So let's think about that statement. A, pro a New Testament prophet means all of these fivefold gifts because they're preaching the word. And they've got a revelation that they're sharing with you. But there's one of those that's a seer. So that doesn't mean, let's, let's maybe just set something straight for a moment. That doesn't mean if you have a particular amount of revelation that you're automatically a prophet. No, a prophet is a seer. In other words, that doesn't mean because you're a really good teacher or something that you're a prophet. You, to fit into this category, you've got to be a seer. A seer is one who foresees things and foretells things. And Brother Brown would say a prophet is a seer and is referred to in the Bible as the eagle who goes way high in the air, and higher you go, the farther you can see. He said a seer is a, is a, he is a seer that in the spirit climbs beyond the emotion of the church. He goes beyond the rhythm of the music. He goes beyond the clapping of the hands. He goes beyond the joy among the saints. He goes beyond all that. God brings him up into a realm alone. Then he opens his eyes, and he lets him look around and see things that is to come. Oh, to think about that, that God can catch a man and move him up into the eternal realms of God and be able to look around and then, like, like Brother Adam said, peering over a fence. And then he'd come back and tell us what he saw over the fence. Then he brings him back down among the members of the body to foretell them of what is in the making. A prophet is also a gift of knowledge. A gift of knowledge in the Bible is prophecy, which goes up and finds out these things that are to come and brings them back down, but they must compare with the Bible, with the book. And he said, now, but this seer, his subconscious is not back there, neither is it here. It's right here. Both of them are right together. And I'm just kind of skipping down to save a few moments of time. And this man that sees visions can't help it. He's just made up like that. God made this man not to dream dreams, this one to dream dreams, and made this one to see visions. Now, think about every one of these men are made up in the way that they are to bring the message in the way that God wants them to bring it. Each one of them has a special makeup. He said in the signs of his coming, he said, now watch, he was the word. See, now Jesus, he just said this because he was the word. But to us, we have to approach God through the word. See, the word comes to the prophets. They're not the word. In the Old Testament now, Elijah and Moses and all those great prophets, they wasn't the word. They were a perverted body that the word of God came to. The Bible said the word of God come to the prophets. They wasn't the word, but Jesus was the word. That's why it says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. Now, here's the one that, that, that we like, especially when we're, when we're a new Christian. He says the evangelist is a special man. He's a man that's burning like a fireball. He runs into a city and preaches his message, then gets out of there somewhere else. See, he's a special man. He's, he, can just, he, he can just come in, and what's he doing now? He's, let's, let's look at, let's kind of break this down. The primary role of an evangelist 
is to proclaim the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. He's communicating that core message of what, how to be saved and making a call to your heart for, to, to come to the Lord. So evangelists are going to play a role in, in outreach and, and, the, and growth. They're, 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 they're really critical for bringing in new believers. And it's to lead people to a conversion experience and to encourage existing believers. And they're associated with church growth and revival. So what Brother Brown said, he said, when you come out of this, I, 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 I just found this quote where, uh, you know, he, he began his ministry. And you think about that. He's a prophet that can slip into the role of a teacher or a or, or, or pastor or an evangelist. And in the beginning stages of his ministry, God told him that to do the work of an evangelist. And this is that vision where he he saw the oneness on one side and the Trinitarian on one side, and he he grabbed from each side and pulled it together. And then he saw his tabernacle that he was going to be preaching out of the building. And God told him, this this is not your tabernacle. And he said, where? And he said, I've seen this tabernacle as it is today. I said, where's my tabernacle? And he set me down under the bright blue sky. And he said, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine. In other words, preach as hard as you can and pull and call people to what you're preaching. Because there's going to be a time that people won't want to hear the truth. Now, isn't it interesting that, that a pastor can slip into the move, slip into that evangelistic role, or a pastor can teach that you can move back and forth, but you really got a a a a, 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 a spot, a slot that you're default to. Is the best way to say it, I guess. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors. And Brother Bram said, but you see in the church, there is the pastor. And that pastor is a special person. He's built. Now, now look, all the others are built where they can just come and go. The apostles going. He's, he's just always on the move. The evangelists can go into a church. And I tell you, when you go and preach at a different church, it's nice to be able to swoop in, preach a nice message. Uh, you know, if anything is a little bit odd, maybe, that the pastor didn't like, you're, you're on the road and the pastor can sweep it up and clean it up, you're gone. You go out to eat and you come back to church. But a pastor can't do that. A pastor is built to where he can put up with the fusses of the people. He's a burden bearer. He's the ox of the team. He's a man that can sit down when somebody's got something against somebody else and sit down with them two families and take neither side. Now you think about what a supernatural thing this would be to people fussing and can't get along and then the pastor's built that way that he can sit between them and smooth out the fusses and reason it out and bring it right back into sweetness without taking either side. See, he's a pastor. He knows how to take care of things. Now, if you break this down again, pastor comes from the Latin for shepherd. Pastors guide, care for, and protect the congregation, similar to how a shepherd tends to sheep. Now, all of these you could say are shepherds, and that goes back to that story in Luke chapter 2, why it had to be shepherds. First, it had to be shepherds to know where Christ was so they could go into the city and tell everybody, this is where Jesus is, this is how to get to him. But this one is the special one that's really, he's really the shepherd of that local congregation to keep all the sheep from running off, keep everybody united, keep everybody moving in the same direction. And see what pastors teach. They can slip over into that teaching role and explain the scripture. And pastors provide personal and spiritual counseling. 
If you've got a problem in your life, you can go to the pastor and get, get some help. And pastors, they also visit the sick, the elderly, and, and, and help people out that just need some personal, personal help. And, of course, they're the administrative head of that local church. And Brother Branham said, always honor your pastor. Why, why give special honor to your pastor? Because of all that that I just read. Because of, they're dealing with the fusses, dealing with all the complaining, dealing with people that feel like the things should go in a different direction. They're dealing with all that. He's, he said he's worthy of every bit of honor you could give him. The Bible said that, yes, sir, and don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. I saw this big dispute on Facebook where everybody was saying that ministers shouldn't be paid. And that's what Brother Bram was saying here. He said, I, I, if you're dealing with all that, there's nothing wrong with getting a paycheck from the tithes or something. There's nothing wrong with receiving a blessing because they're pouring out a blessing. They're pouring out their life to you. Why should a pastor have to worry about paying their hospital bill or, paying their, or being able to pay next month's mortgage and everything? It's, they're, they're worthy of every bit of honor that you can give them. And I, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, now thou, then you have to got, you got to have confidence. This is the house of judgment, the house of God, where God comes down and passes his judgment. Your pastor is supposed to be a righteous man. The congregation is supposed to be with him 100%. You're supposed to be just 100% together. And in there, now you see what Brother Adam is explaining, that that is the role of a pastor to keep everybody moving in the same direction and to keep them united and to keep the, to keep the spirit moving. You're supposed to be just 100% together. And in there, if you're not, then Satan's got a way to get in. You got a loophole somewhere. So have everything cleared out. How's Satan going to get in if you're not united, if you're not in unity? In Revelation Book of Symbols, he said, if a boy was at the door and knocked at the door latch, tell the usher, ushers, I have a telegram here for Mrs. Mrs. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so. He would be a messenger, an earthly angel, your pastor. When he stands here on the platform ministering the word of God, he is God's angel to the church, messenger to the church. Therefore, a pastor should never leave that word but stay straight with the word because he's feeding the shepherd's place because the word pastor means shepherd. Look it up and find out if that ain't right. A pastor is a shepherd, and the Holy Ghost has made him overseer over a certain flock to feed them with. What with? The word of God. Now, that's what Paul is talking about. Remember them that have the rule over you, not with a rod of iron, but with the word of God where the word can claim your life. That's why Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15 says, I will give you pastors. And that word, the translation of that word actually means shepherds. I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3 says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not a filthy lucre, not for filthy lucre but of a ready mind. And Jesus said when, when he was going to go on the cross, he told him when he saw that he, he, was, he, he was preaching going into the cities, he said he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now in the natural, that's what happens when, uh, when, you, when, a, when the sheep, when the shepherd goes, he goes to sleep or something or goes, he goes, takes a little vacation, then the sheep start to be scattered. That's natural, in the natural. And that's the same thing that will happen in the spiritual. That's what Jesus was talking about here in Matthew chapter 9. He said, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest 
that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And we'll stop right there. God bless you.